This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Yessi, and I play Grimton Steadyhand, a fighter, paladin of Bahamut, special engineer of the Pandominion, and revolutionary in the Red Capes. My name is Steven, and I play Ulrich Orman, a gnome ranger, hexblade warlock, and chief arrow of the Warden Scout in Nui Satalos. My name is Sarah, and I play Moreland A. Lyclast, an elf in the Circle of the Land and presiding druid over New Isatalos. My name is Zach, and I play a large-scale dream, a half-high elf bladesinger wizard, member of the Weaver's Guild, and a special legionnaire of the Pandemonium. And, and this, this is Advantage. Advantage. When the smoke is cleared... The darkest deep is littered with flotsam and debris. Ships that weren't sunk by the Arzire were laid to waste by the pair of ancient bronze dragons, Sram the Gratum, who aided Emperor Held I to unify the kingdoms of the Sun Plains centuries ago, and his consort, Lapayette. The steel shells of the warforged in transport have been dragged to the bottom of the foamy brine while the orc raiders who didn't drown were ruthlessly picked off by the crew. Captain Jim Bringer's orders. No survivors. Satisfied with their efforts, Strombagratum and Lapiette fly close to the Arzire. With nowhere solid to land, they beat their wings to hover, sending rough water at the sloop. Our task is finished. It is up to you to do what is good and righteous. You are called to put a stop to this war once and for all. It is your duty to rend evil wherever it exists. You must, yourselves, act. Though the dragon continued to speak, that's all that was heard. You once again enter crisis mode. You are a strange, fleshy automaton merely doing what needs to be done without autonomy over yourself. I'm gonna railroad you for a sec. That's okay. Um, in, in, in the story, but this is like, it's part of the theme that I'm trying to build for this epilogue to contrast with later, so bear with me. The dragons fly away. Triage was continued. Much of the crew quickly looted the longships that night, a funeral was performed at sea for Rigan, the half-elf bosun, and Boggy Pete, the Malnothri gnome that Auric had known as a young child. They both expressed a love for the sea. It was their true home, and so we leave them here. Prayers were said, kind words spoken, and you watched their cloth-wrapped bodies slip, disappear, into the darkest deep. Ulrich, you remember your parting words to Boggy Pete. When this is all over, I'm buying you a drink. One poor, dead sailor remained on deck. Anchor, the orc helmsman. You hear Jim Bretner say something about his true home being a place called Indelfilk in Kolgafir. And so, still in Automaton, you set off with the ship, headed north. The Arzire lands off the coast of Indelfilk. Gerina means Cow Island to the orcs. 
You help the crew set up a camp among some derelict permanent structures they seem to visit with some frequency. You help drag a small launch boat ashore and place stones at the base. You gather the wood to prepare the pyre. At dusk, you watch the fire burn Anchor's remains. Later, you take launches from Kierarina to the mainland. Crew ties up at a fisherman's pier outside of Indelfilk that reaches out into the sea. It's lonely, save for a single longship with a Drekar figurehead. The Arzair is always welcome at Drekideka. There's a tavern ahead of you. An A-frame longhouse with a sign featuring a dragon holding a drinking horn. Without the Arzair's crew, it would be scantily populated. There's a large open hearth in the center and long tables on either side. A long bar at one end, tended by a heavy, broad-shouldered orc with a smile. She greets Captain Jimbringer as Say Leg, who replies, Hail Oleg Sail, Fishbelly. We come to celebrate the lives of friends. She nods, understanding solemnly, and pours drinks. So we're just like chilling at this table now. After the funeral. I don't know if chilling is the right word to describe that, but yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like we're we're sitting. You are at the table in this bar called the Drecky Drecka. And, and who all is sitting with us besides just us? The crew of the Arzire. So it's like a big table. Yeah, it, these are plenty of long tables. Right, N- right. Not everybody's sitting. Some are milling about. And sure. They're spread out over this tavern. But for now, I think Ulrich is sort of pensively sipping... Or, well, not sipping. It's not so light a, an indulgence uh, in their beverage. And just kind of got that sort of thousand-yard stare a little bit. So, after we mourn for the lost, we should probably talk about what's next. I mean, I didn't exactly picture myself... Landing on Cold of Fear, but here we are. I mean, for all that we've accomplished, it feels like there's just so much more to do still. Things aren't, things aren't okay. They're not settled. They're not calm. I mean, there is, there is still, there is still a whole national conflict going on in a country we are now in. How did... How did we get here? (laughs) Agon just told us... I mean, like... To be here and keep doing this. Feels like... I feel like we've been just so, you know, pulled along by everything that's happening and like gotten into some things that were far beyond the scope of what we set out to do and I feel like we're three months ago I was sitting at home and having a normal day hi pockets hi baby girl <laughs> sorry cat you say to, to a cat that it is in your lap mm-hmm. that is now canonically there is now a cat in Colgafir. Her name's Pockets. And I will not forget that. That that is It's literally on your lap right now. Yeah. 
All right. That's a weird point to make, Ulrich, but that's fine. <laughs> At a time like this, Ulrich? Ulrich does, like, kind of, like, smile sort of wanly a little bit at the nice moment of an affectionate cat um it's a small joy in in a, a heavy time but yeah i just like what what are the next few months gonna hold like what are i i do appreciate you and the presiding druid morlinde coming along but you you guys do have a whole like new nation to go back and tender to yeah i just don't know how much longer i can continue to influence and fight in other nation and people's conflicts like this is so much bigger than we ever intended um, I would rather not talk to any more gods. Yeah. <sighs> Definitely not. Like that is far outside of my scope. That's odd to hear from a presiding druid. It's different. But I want to talk to the spirits of the forest. I'm no where are we? <laughs> <laughs> like where where are we? I believe Jembringer said we're near Cow Island. Where is Colgafir? This place is so far. Yeah. No, it's time to go home. I can't keep doing this. It's it's kind of odd because on the one hand, I'm probably kind of the closest to home I've been in a while, but I feel farther <laughs> from it right. than I ever have. Heaven been back to her dearth i i can completely empathize with with that sentiment i mean the her dearth that i found even just a short while after i had left it was completely different but with that in mind grimton i mean is this is this even like our fight not just you know me and morlinde but like you guys or you you in particular grimton not you know you were recruited by the pandominion but that's that's not your home it's not my home but traveling farther from it has only shown me that there are many injustices beyond just her earth and grace under and you were there Stormbrogratum did tell us to champion a mantle for stumbling out evil wherever we go it is far greater than ourselves but someone's got to do it right someone's got to be the instruments of justice i mean i suppose i'm not trying to persuade any of you of that but i i think that's what i'm going to do i suppose i'm glad we did all the things that we did but i also sort of wish i didn't have to have done them even when whenever i find myself back home it's not like i can become unaware of the greater conflicts that can and do have an impact on my little world i mean we got into all this 
because forces greater than than ourselves felt the need to intervene in our area we all have roles to play in this space mine isn't meant to be as big as as this is getting and i need to go back and focus on what my community needs which is to rebuild and grow after you know a whole disaster and so I think it might be time for us to think, to consider what, like, did the dragon really tell all of us to go take care of this? Or did the dragon say that this needs to be taken care of? Truly, like, I believe he just said to, you know, take care of evil wherever you go. If that is in Nui Talos, then that is in Nui Talos. Yeah. Alaris, you've seen a fair bit of battle now, and I would call this quite an adventure. Are you... What are you doing from here? Um, well, I... I mean, uh, the, the, I guess the plan is just to, to see, it, see it through. You know? I mean, you don't have to, but the Red Capes would be lucky to have you. You've proven <laughs> yourself quite capable and an asset to our cause <laughs> sure and it's gonna you know it's gonna miss you guys you know i know we haven't always you know seen i die or anything you know everyone's got different ideals and and things you know it's, it feels like it's been a lifetime even though it's only been three short months the words you're looking for are trauma bonding yes <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I, I definitely understand the need to go back home, live the life that you, you know, was taken from you. The fire took a lot out of everyone in Talos. Now, with a chance to rebuild, you know, I would, I, I can't blame anyone for wanting to go home, and especially, you know, Melinda with the being the presiding druid, your people need you. Ulrich, you know, that's that's basically your home, you know? I'm just gonna miss you guys. And there's like a, you know, a small tear in Lars's eyes. He's just realizing, like, yeah, I mean, it's the, the party's not gonna be together forever. Well, you have access to a, a flying boat. Ulrich, uh, like, stands up and just kind of mumbles some half-hearted, like, I mean, I'll be right back, or I'm going to the bathroom, or something to that effect kind of wanders off for a second um but they instead of going to the bathroom take a second and like step outside i imagine that there's like kind of patio seating a little bit or maybe like a bench out front or something yeah there's a bench on the on the, the pier yeah and so they just go sit out there for a second just to kind of i don't know get some distance from it for a second those of you still inside, um, when you're looking around, watching Auric go out the door, you, you see Captain Jimbringer up at the bar uh, talking with the bartender who you heard called Fishbelly. They're chatting, and then eventually Fishbelly, she stands. She, she gets up on top of the bar, 
and she raises a, a drinking horn. Let us raise our horns to the fallen. To Regan, to Pete, and to Therog Skaldson, the anchor, a blood Theoden of Endelfilk. May their names never be forgotten, and may they join the ancestors. Skull! Skull. Skull. <clears throat> Arik can definitely still hear this from outside, and like, kind of whispers it, like, Skull. Takes their drink, a nice big deep glug. The rest of you inside, your ears are still tuned to conversations outside of the table, and you hear Fishbelly say, "Keep this low." But Thayrog's blood sister, Agnar Skold's daughter, is holding an open meeting here in three nights' time for those inclined against your Ruck Arntask and Cooning Headtaker. Will the Arzai join against them? And you you don't catch Jimbringer's response, but you see him shake his head in the negative. What's happening here? In- interesting. That headtaker person. Someone's rising against him? Plotting against him? Don't say that too loud. Well, it seems like this is a friendly Safe spot base. for the opposition. That's fair. I mean, maybe we shouldn't even... How can we let's just not worry about it right now. Get involved. <laughs> not right now. Yeah, that's a problem for not me. We can ask Jembringer once he comes back, but this whole time we've just been going and going and going. Let's just take the afternoon off, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Morlinde and Ulrich are leaving. Who knows if Nexby's gonna stick around? Who knows what the future's going to hold tomorrow? You ask if I'm going to stick around. If I stay here, how are Morlinde and Ulrich going to get home? That's a fair point. Um, well, I was going to assume the pirate ship people. But... I mean, that would only get them as far as the stack hideout, right? Yeah, that'd be a long journey. Yeah, it would be much faster on, on a flying ship. So now the next piece going. Y'all want anything to drink? She says, uh standing up any any refills yes alaris alaris might need a water <laughs> right one water yeah uh, make it a double double water one big glass of water do you do the rest of you you want the um what would they call it the, the epley drucker or do you want the bjorn angelica the angelica is uh, a bitter drink that uses angelica as as the bitterness uh, instead of hops it's very warming hmm. I want that. The Epledrecker is uh, like the spiced apple wine, like a cider, but with a higher ABV. Just kidding. I want the apple one. I'm a cider slut, so let's, let's do it. Says Grimton out loud, <laughs> yes. <laughs> a few minutes later, you see her coming back. Auric, by this time, are you... I'm back at the table. I, I've, I've made my way back in Okay. With a, with a notable amount of my beverage gone. Auric, I brought, I brought you the An- Angelica one. Thanks. I thought about giving this to Alaris, but he gets the double water instead. And in addition to the beverages, she returns to the bar and brings back a spread of um, herring and salmon and then two bowls, one of cranberries, dried cranberries, and one of uh, some nuts. Let's start munching a little bit. Nice. I like bar eats. They're really healthy snacks. I wonder who came up with these. (laughs) (laughs) This bar just like has, I guess they're 
right by the coast yeah mm-hmm. of salmon on tap <laughs> salmon it is on tap. salmon on tap <laughs> that's a really gross visual because it's either a cup into a pint glass <laughs> yeah it's it's because it's either like a like a pureed it's goop, like a it's like a dole whip or dole. or it's just like like it's salmon. a big huge thing of like salmon fillets or whatever and you just like like you just like just flop out of it when you open it are we gonna get a like full-fledged map of Kolgafir on the world yeah i can i'll i'll uh give that to you really quick listeners you can see that world on advantagednd.com it's not published yet it won't be by the time that you uh that, that this is published but eventually you will be able to for those who are not listening to this live as it drops you can still go look at the map this is the uh yet edited all fancy version eventually daniel grayling is gonna make this all congruent with the rest of the labeling where are we colgafir there we go you're in the uh or outside the city of uh oh dang i mean i guess that makes sense but i was picturing as like further uh east no i i knew we were yeah no just across the the darkest deep from where we were on the shattered coast but it's just too far even even without the the like labeled map when i was looking at it i was like let me make sure i know where we are um that seemed like the only reasonable place to be <laughs> Morlinde, do you you know if you have a timeline for when you want to get back to nasatala's honestly as soon as possible i feel like the longer we stay here the more likely we are to get involved in something again. And then it'll just be more months that we're wrapped up in other people's problems. And yeah, no, I got to get out of here. I can't keep doing this. So as soon as possible, as soon as next B is ready. I'm, I'm right here. Yeah, as soon as you're ready and Ulrich. I gestured at next B. I wasn't talking at you in the third person i promise <laughs> sorry i guess i wasn't looking at you <laughs> i mean i could i could be ready in the morning let's see how auric is doing but yeah we are just so far from home it's it's time to go i can't i can't keep doing this as good as these snacks are they are good snacks it's just nuts and cranberries we also have nuts and cranberries back home so new You're favorite gonna... bar snack. <laughs> As one of the leaders of Isatalis, you're gonna implement a uh, a cranberry nuts at bar snack rule. Yeah. Get back. It's like everyone's like, I don't understand Marlinde's new snack rule. I don't understand why it has to be a rule, but I mean, <laughs> it's like how bars have to have food in order to be open past a certain time and certain. Or how cities. the Bears Den was a pizza place, <laughs> yeah. and not a bar. Not a bar. It was a pizza place that served drinks. I put pizza place in quotes. <laughs> you should put a pizza place in New Isatalos. Absolutely. All right, I have an important question uh-huh. about about pizza on the cusp. Okay. From which nation did pizza come on the cusp? Isatalos. You know the East Italians. East Italians. East Italians. Obviously. I should have. I should have known. <laughs> Smash cut. Alric, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think tomorrow is probably good.
Are we going straight to New East Italis? No. <laughs> uh, I would like to stop back at Del Deep on the way. Okay. I think that's fair, and and I don't mind putting off responsibility for, like, a few more days. Are we going to get breakfast together? Smash cut. The next day, you wake up at the camp on Kirina. The sun is low still to the southeast. It's clear and calm. The only sounds are birds in the trees, wind in the leaves, and waves on the shore. Next be diligent, as always, is prepping the tyrant's bane. Who do you think gets up first? Me. How does this feel? I mean, even if you if you live at home alone, but you know how you like get up really early, like before anything is happening and like the world feels like more still that that's the kind of early that that Ulrich gets up like they're kind of alone and so for a a brief period for a little while it doesn't feel like anything is happening like they're in that kind of calm stasis of morning before the day actually begins is that m-o-r-n or m-o-u-r-n uh it was intended morning like the beginning of the day m-o-r-n but i suppose some some double entendre there wouldn't go amiss um i'm not sure i'm not sure auric would describe it as as morning m-o-u-r-n um because while they've grown to really you know care for the party uh the twags um (laughs) yes there, there's a kind of numbness to it all, a surreality to the, even the idea that they would be going home, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, it almost feels as unreal as everything else that they've been doing for the past few months. Like, it's like almost like it's not really going to happen. And so they're just kind of sitting in that and stewing in that for a while. I imagine that there was like, while there weren't really there might not have been really anybody up there was like something that they could get to drink for themselves not like alcohol but yeah, like sure. you know, wa- water or uh, a, a tea they could warm up that's by the fi- you know something something communal there that they could just fix themselves mm-hmm. Auric do you feel like anything is abandoned here or, uh, or, or like you're abandoning anything y- yes there is this kind of tagging on to what they were saying about they can't you know unknow about the greater conflicts that are going on they do feel like they're just kind of cutting and running and while they are willing to acknowledge that these things aren't necessarily or shouldn't necessarily be their responsibility they can't like they kind of were for a little bit and, and it's hard for them to see it as something they can let go of and set down even if they would be holding it will uh, unwillingly mm-hmm. and you know we're talking about like reasons for going home and and sort of uh grimton unknowingly 
um, poked at a, a little bit of an insecurity for for Ulrich, which is that you know Morlinde has has duty to go home to. Morlinde can sort of justify air quotes justify her trip home better than Ulrich can. Ulrich just doesn't want to do this anymore. Ulrich wow. feels like they've been dragged along, and they did far more than they intended to and they don't even know how they feel about all of it so there there does feel like a, a an almost cowardice to their to their motions or they they feel uh they feel so about themselves and their actions i don't know we, i mean auric is the chief arrow mm-hmm. of the warden scout and is in charge of nui satalos's uh communal defense and defense yeah. could look like a number of things right it could look like going to Colgafir and like the the broad scale stuff the the huge world conflict that is currently being faced or has been being faced by the party but it could also look like protecting your home with more direct action you know like it's two different scales of defense but still there is there is a duty there and you have been fulfilling your duty even if you're far away yeah I think I think Ulrich will believe that like a month from now. But like right now they don't feel that way. Right now they're just tired and they feel like they're running away from something that they just don't want to be a part of. Who awakes next? Uh probably me. Morlinde, before you get up, you have time to think about today. Uh alone still in your bedroll. I have a lot of anxiety. Uh I'm feeling a lot of anxiety about what's coming next because I don't know what I'm going to be going home to. Um, And I'm hopeful that it's similar to what I left a couple months ago, but um, fingers crossed. But I also know that folks in the council and other people were like, are you sure you need to go? I really thought this is the right decision. And I still think it was the right decision but it has simply taken too long and it's taken me too far. So I am anxious about what I'm coming home to, but I have to go home as soon as I can, which is now. So it's a very, I'm feeling very determined. Like I know this is the right thing to do, but I also know I don't like the unknown that I'm going into. I don't know what I'm going to go home to. So I'm just ready to kind of get it over with um, and, and, and get things figured out already. One of the, the differences, um, what Sarah was saying just made me think of this. One of the differences in the way um, Arik feels versus the way Morlinde feels is that, you know, you said that um, she felt like the things she did was the, were the right thing to do. That was what she needed to do. And Arik is in a weird spot where they when they think about all of the events that transpired, they don't know what they would have done differently, but they are not convinced that what they did was the right thing to do or what they should have done. So it's this weird, like, like, I don't know if I like what I did, but I don't know what I, what else I would have done kind of sensation. Ulrich, you witness, um, Morlinde getting up and coming out of the shelter. Do you have anything to say in this time? Just a pair of you. We're really going home, aren't we, Morlinde? 
Yeah, honestly, I can't. I can't wait. I also can wait. But it's it's time. We gotta go. We can't keep doing this. Do you think... Do you think we'll be removed from it all there? Or do you think it'll come to find us anyway? We are in it regardless. I do think it that whatever this mess that we're leaving Alaris and Grimton to, I think they will handle it. And if it comes back to us, it comes back to us and we'll be ready with, with our people and our community. But we have to be there with them. Or at least I do. And I know that you, I mean, do you want to come home? I do. I, I'm, Isatalos is the, is the home I know. Um, I just, there's just so much out there and I'm just, I'm just worried that, you know, we'll get home, things will be good, and then more of this nonsense will come along. And I don't want that to happen. I realize that's out of my control, but a lot of that's yeah. kind of the problem. I'm tired of big forces outside of my control dictating what happens to my life. I don't like that very much. Well, let's get home and take care of what we can control. Ulrich pulls what I'm going to say is the last Stormhawk arrow from their quiver. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and sort of breaks off the feathered end. The fletching. Yeah, the, the, the fletching. And hands it to Morlinde and just says, let's do better than what we had before. Absolutely. Let's go home. And that was a direct dig at Kareth for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And But let's get home so we can do that. Yeah. In another tent, someone else is awake. Who is it? How about uh, Evans, Grimton, Odds, and Lars? <laughs> are, are you rolling it? Yeah, yes, he rolls it. Well, I mean, I can. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> it's a one. <laughs> As you stretch, uh, what are you thinking about during this time alone with your thoughts? I mean, basically, what, what, uh, more about what I was thinking last night, probably, where it was, there's just so much going on all the time, and, like, we just keep going and going and going, you know, and, yeah. like, I guess, you know, at this point, some people can't go anymore, and that's totally understandable, like, I... Valaris, I guess, is, is coming to terms with the fact that not everyone's going to stay together forever, you know? Alaris, you see Grimton's eyes open in the tent beside you as you prepare for your day. Alaris, do you say anything to Grimton, or do you keep silent? Uh, good morning, Grimton. Huh. <laughs> morning, Alaris. <laughs> Grimton, you've got an opportunity here to say something to Alaris alone before you leave the shelter to others. I know you've already said you're going to see this through to the end, but 
if at any point you need to leave and go home to your family, to your loved ones, it's okay. I'm not asking you to put your life down for the kingdom of Herdearth here. Or any other kingdom or any other person on the cusp, for that matter. Yeah. I mean, are we... Is this even related to Herdearth? At this point, we're in Kolgathir. We're... <laughs> gonna go potentially attend a meeting with some people we've never heard the name of until now basically um in a place that we've never been to like is this related to the the red capes and her dearth or did we solve that problem you know grimton why are you even going along on this journey why are any of us going along on this journey what's what's even happening you know like <laughs> That's all I want to know. What are we supposed to be doing? Inner monologue. <laughs> I should have pretended to be. <laughs> Grimton lets out a, a soft snore. <laughs> Just. Well, with that said, um, I think we're going to be here for at least a while until next be. Well, if she wants to come back. If not, yep, we'll, exactly. We'll have to find our way back to at least the Panaminion for you to back to Altair. Who know? Well, I mean, at this point, who knows what's gonna happen? Like, are we gonna just walk through Colgafir and see where the wind takes us? Are we gonna go up to the ice sea? Are we gonna sail around the world? Are we gonna go over to Fragment? Are we gonna somehow wind up in Alvadar? You know, like. <laughs> You, you can't sail around the world. It's flat. Ah, but you can. And there has been <laughs> We've stories talked about it already. You can sail the perimeter. That's true. There have that's been people true. that have sailed and did the, the, the ether and then come out. Or from, from Zadal sailed west into the ether and then come out at Eastport on the Pandominion. And they were crazy. Like, they had completely lost their mind to madness. But. I wonder if it's a, like, teleportation thing or if they went through the underside you know what i'm talking about you haven't discovered that skidded along the the tail side of the cusp alaris eventually you leave the shelter and grimton you are left alone with your thoughts <sighs> there's still so much to do in her earth i feel like we we did win a battle but that's only going to slow things down there's still a whole regime that needs to be toppled I hope the Ormains are okay. And the rest of the Red Capes. And my family. But. I should go. Talk to Ulrich. At least get him to. Send me a sending or something. When he gets there. I say I guess. I'm like. I don't know if I would be donning armor. Do I feel threatened? Am I still on? Like, <laughs> no. It's a fun question. Do <laughs> I feel threatened here? Cow Island is very much uh, it's a hideout the same way that uh, the stacks were. All right, then I'm just going about getting ready. Uh, and eventually go find Ulrich, I guess. I'll just join everybody. I don't have anything written out for what this particular takeoff of the tyrant's bane looks like or how i 
anticipate it or want it to go. I don't even have questions to ask you for you to fill in. Um, I want you to collectively describe what this looks like. It strikes Grimton that I believe this will be the first time he's seen the Tyrant's Bing take off and like gotten a chance to Not be appreciate it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess amongst probably the commotion of things being packed up and whatever. I'll if you get a chance to send me a sending or something, let me know how everybody is and what well, that'll do. That that'll suffice. Ulrich gives Grimton a surprise hug, and we're approximately the same height, so like <laughs> this is like it's like a normal hug, yeah. I don't really say a whole lot. Like like that is an obvious not just like I'll miss you, but like of course I'll send you something back. I feel like Ulrich would also give a good firm handshake to Grimton. Shake their hand and visibly touched uh, by your gesture. He just kind of nods and I think it's fair to say that you've probably saved my life at least at some point during this journey and I could hope that I've returned the favor but if you ever find yourself in any trouble the red capes can help. Well, as long as you've got rope, I think anything is possible. <laughs> I appreciate it, Grimton. I really do. Morlinde is honestly very excited to get on the road and get out of here and not really think about uh, how she's feeling. She's not trying to rush and like upset anyone else about that. So she's just very antsy. I do walk up to Grimton and Alaris. Can we trust you guys to handle continued, you know, talking to gods and stuff and going between the cusp and the other realms? Is this going to be fine? Can you trust us? Can I go back to the forest, please? Ah, Morlinde. Is, every, is there going to be another arcane battery? Like, what's going to happen here? It sounds here? like you're forfeiting your chance to have a say in the matter. <laughs> I think I am. Nexby's looking at a map, but she chuckles at that. What I'm saying is, please handle it. <laughs> I will do my best to protect my friends and family and the cusp. You do know that your job isn't going to get any easier. You'll It's just going to be different when you see you get home. Yeah, I'm trying not to think about that too much right now. <laughs> okay. I've got a whole ride home to think about that. Uh, that might be the most peace you get for a while. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out, I'm sure. We always yeah, do. Mars is the idea, man. Next, be chuckles at that too. <laughs> yeah, we, we always figure it out in the end. <laughs> yeah. All right, so they come up to Alaris, and they're not really sure what to say to to Alaris. They definitely want to like acknowledge the, the the time that we've shared, and that Alaris has definitely been the single most useful twag uh, mechanically. Um, <laughs> Whatever mechanically means in character, he's the idea guy, and like you know, like and more often than a not, very utilitarian person. Yeah, like, yeah. pretty good at executing those ideas. Well, Alaris, you've gotten us out of a lot of of tight spots. And not just 
not just the situations that we found ourselves in, not just the struggles outwardly, but I feel like you've you've pulled us through a lot of this being the idea guy and all. Granted, you also got us into a lot of it, so there's that, I guess, <laughs> but <laughs> all the same. Um, you and they say you, and then that becomes like a wider you to Grimton as well. You both, you know, you have friends in Isatalos, and if you find that you need something or just want to visit, don't be afraid to reach out. I think I'm still committed to the idea of helping, just I need to do it from my own home and not out here. If there's something that uh, Nui Satalos or the Warden Scout or whatever can do, don't be afraid to to reach out to us. Of course. Well, I mean, we'll obviously stop in at some point, I'm sure. I fully expect that, and I fully expect that it will be in the middle of nowhere when I am entirely unprepared for of your course. visit. Of um, course! <laughs> but exactly when and I wouldn't, need to be there. <laughs> I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want it any other way. Ulrich gives Alaris a hug, but Ulrich, like, aims high. Like around the neck high? Right, yeah, because there's, you know, there's, there's essentially three hug positions. You either go low, assuming that the other person's gonna go high, you go high, assuming they'll go low, or you do the angle to where you're, you're, you got the the cross, yeah. So Auric is aiming high for this hug, forcing Alaris to bend down. Alaris, <laughs> um, well, I feel like takes the hug, is sort of taken aback by the going high, and instead of going low, just does like a like a I don't know what to do with my hands motion, and then just awkwardly gives Alric a head pat. <laughs> Next, be. Um, Felt right. She's in the cockpit of the Tyrant Spain shaking her head at all of this. Look, I'm not one for goodbyes, um, but I will say, uh, as a, a, a warning to you two, she says, pointing at Moreland Day and Ulrich, this is going to be a, a long two day flight south if we're going to Delft Deep, and another day to get to Isatalos. Which is to say, she says, pointing at Grimton and Alaris. Which is to say, I'm three days out. If you need me, or if you need the Tyrant's Bane, I'm three days out. But here's the catch. I'm charging for my chauffeur service now. As you should. As you should. I'm not just getting dragged along on this shit anymore. You got it? You're not just going to do it for honor and for country? Because Because I'm clearly not invited on this. Plus, I have the opportunity to go spend time with March. Yeah. I gotta figure out where she is. I think she's in Hollow Rum. But, I got the opportunity to go spend time with March, and I'm gonna take it. So it'll cost you extra well, to get me out here, we'll, but I'll do it. We'll try not to need you. I'll be a premium. What are the rates? What are the rates? Uh, I'll let you know in the next sending correspondence. <laughs> Negotiable, yeah. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Ulrich starts to climb up on the Tyrant Spain and literally just throws Nexby their whole coin purse. Is this paid in advance? You've done you've done enough for us. So this, this is a is tip. The, the this isn't I paid in do. advance for for this other. Is, this is this is I'm giving you every bit of money that I have because I think you deserve that and more. Well, it's a good thing you're on salary, and I'm sure that there's a, a huge bucket of coin waiting for you back home. 
and you use a Talos. So. I, I kind of expect there's not, actually. Kind of expect yeah. I'll just slip back into minimal pay. <laughs> kind of in crisis. Your chief arrow, mm. and as well, I understand it, crisis. that's a pretty high-paying gig. All right. <laughs> Are we ready? Y'all got all your stuff? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I think I got everything off. Off screen, did y'all sort out everything with Captain Jimbringer? Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need one of you artful fucks to paint us a word picture of what it looks like either from the ground or from the tyrant's bane as the flying skiff levitates up to a flying height and then takes off to the south across the darkest deep. As we kind of levitate up, there is a, a moment of sort of stillness where like, you know, we have set off, but we haven't left yet. Like the, the, the beginning of leaving has, happening, uh, has happened, but the ending of leaving has not. <laughs> and so I imagine that there's probably a few that wave. I would like to believe that we get a couple of rude gestures, but like affectionately from the Arzire. Yeah. Um, at least, at least one of that crew is day drinking. Oh, certainly. Um, <laughs> They've got grog. They're and so, like crew. a raised mug, yeah, a raised. And then the whoosh happens. That moment where the the tyrant's bane like properly takes off, and it disturbs a lot of you know dust and stuff, and everybody's hair is blowing around a little bit. And the the moment, the stillness, that moment before it's all done is is over. And the feeling that that elicits in Ulrich is the kind of odd realization that so often, you know, big moments happen quietly and without import almost, you know, like that's it. Like in, in their memory, this will be maybe a bigger deal, but, but in reality, it's like, okay, we just left and now it is, it is gone. Ulrich definitely looks on for a while uh, at the, the fading image of uh, all the people they just left. One day is spent crossing the darkest deep. Spend the night at the Arzire's stack hideout. The next day, you fly over the hinterlands, over the winter ridge, and into the cloud-capped peaks. And though you pass by the hole in the cusp left by the arcane battery, still, Ulrich, your sea glass waypoint keeps you focused as it guides you to Briston at Delve Deep. The skiff's cloud cloak is in full effect, and next to you lands the Tyrant's Bane outside of the Dwarven city. You remember the Tyrant's Bane escape from Hollow Run. You remember the destruction of Maldo Keep. There must surely be a huge bounty on your heads. It is not a safe place for you, or for any who have associated with the red capes we won't do rolls at this point but i want you to tell me i, I want to know how you sneak into the, the back room of kirk fullport's safe house definitely you know waiting for nightfall for sure mm -hmm. and then well i was gonna try and just like dress like a dwarf <laughs> but like that ain't gonna work for more Day. <laughs> no you should wild shape all right. Well, I will be so, a very cute cat. I okay, that'll work too. I was gonna suggest you be a parrot, and I was gonna yeah, that's like not parrot, and you could ride, ride on my shoulder. That's, that's very inconspicuous. We should absolutely do that. Yeah. No, I'm gonna be a cat. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, fine. Um, so yeah, you have no trouble at all then. You're just a cat on the street. Nobody doesn't care about you. The one uh, dwarf is like, cats aren't native to our dwarves. Cats are an invasive species. <laughs> We'd be doing our country yeah. justice if um, we killed it. Who let this cat out? Auric. Uh, they definitely change clothes, and they're wearing something that isn't like you know specifically dwarven, but that is largely unassuming, and wear clothes that present a little more mask than than before. Like they've had a solid like androgynous with a femme lean right. kind of vibe going on for a while, and they kind of just decided that it would probably be a little easier to go unnoticed if they if they presented a little more mask. So. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just Coach trying to look as unassuming as possible, and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what's What's nice to, about to kind of sneak into this, this safe house? Your waypoint is that even though you don't know the streets of Delve Deep, it's easy as the nine hells to follow a waypoint in your line of sight to a location, mm-hmm. and eventually you uh, you come to Kirk's safe house, and you you know not to enter through the front door, so you sneak around back into the back room. There's there's a couple cots set up here. One of them has uh, Echo forming asleep in it. He looks thin, but stronger than when you last saw him. You remember that, that Callie had assigned him to uh, some do R&R, followed by uh, propaganda work. Um, you see boxes all around this back room. Uh, one of them's open, and you, you see the, the title of uh, of some sort of tract inside one. It's, it's, a, it's a zine called um, The Bellows. Auric, you remember that the name of The Bellows was Allreal's idea. He helped name the Ambar Pressurized Plumbing uh, Printing Corporation as well, which is um, called The Forge Heart. But this isn't where your, where your waypoint is leading you, necessarily. This isn't where Briston is. He is in the next room. How do you and Morlinde, how do you navigate this? <laughs> well, Morlinde is just creeping along like a little kitty cat. Meow. Yeah, sneaking in. Uh, you can become elf whenever. Yeah, you're know, safe here. It is a safe now. house. Yes. Sure. I'm going. I'm going straight to to Briston, and I figure I will either find everybody and get to be like hi or find Briston only and also be fine with that. So so you enter more fully into the house, come out through the door from the back room, and you see the back of Briston Ormain uh, standing over the counter, uh, and Kirk is in the kitchen. You'll remember that he's blind, uh, so he can't see you, but he hears, he hears something, and he says, nah, Who's there? Like, there's a moment of, like, uh, where I'm, like, searching around, and I'm like, yeah, I got nothing. Briston, it's all Rick. Briston stops. <laughs> Hi. Uh, he's still looking at the stove, and he put he puts down the spoon that he's using and slowly turns around. I'm going to run over and jump into his arms. Like, leap fully, fully trusting that I will be caught. Right next to a stove. Wild abandon. Right next to the stove. I thought about that before I did this. I was like, nah, whatever. I'm willing to fade to black on this sort of delve deep scene and just kind of uh, not even role play it, but just talk about it out of out of character. Are you willing to do that too? Mm-hmm. Well, Marlon sure. Day still as a yeah. cat, 
and she's curled up next to the fireplace. <laughs> well, okay. That's it. God, see, I've never wanted a spell more That's than that. Because, like, man, if I could just be a cat <laughs> and hang out, right? They have the best well, lives. Kind of comfort she needs. Anyway, yes. Anyway. So, uh, <laughs> out of character, uh, it's it's only Briston and Kirk remember why there are so few people here. But you remember that Tarani, Merica, Mallory, they're, they're all at their house um, at the Gorpring Steady Hands home. And then there are others like Callie Orlick and Granley Steady Hand, and then, uh, you know, Marge the Deathbringer, who are all three on princess duty out in Hawa Rum, so they're not in town. Uh, and it's, it's just the three of you right now in Kirk Fullport's safe house. Briston, Kirk, and Echo. Um, how long do you two stay in Delft Deep? Two nights. Including this night? Depends on what time of day it is. Sure. Let's let's call it sundown. Yeah, two two nights. Two two nights. Let's get one like good full day. Mm-hmm. What are the both of you doing during this time? I mean I'm I'm spending as much time with Briston as possible. That's that's why I came here. <laughs> Gross. Um <laughs> Quick aside, we have not actually ever addressed. I don't think. I don't think there's ever been a situation where it was mentioned, or even maybe even feasible, that they could have had any kind of sexual encounter. If they're not the two biggest switches I've ever seen, then I don't know. What to Absolutely. Say. <laughs> but but like for real though, because like you know we we've we've talked about like other you know the the one that our um, our favorite commenter ever likes to complain <laughs> about like we talked about some uh, affection but i'm not sure I, I don't think we've ever had a moment where it was mentioned or even Alluded. like yeah where it would have been like or where it would have been like feasible yeah. even because like we've, we've been like communally sleeping yeah there's always been a lot going on so like i don't think i don't think they've had any kind of sex actually is there a time that begs the question is there a time during these two days where I don't know. That's why. That's what I was just thinking about. One of them about. is bedridden, and the other one's blind. So I mean, the world. There's gotta the be. If you're really <laughs> quiet. If ever there was a time, yeah. You know what? Sure. Very good at minding her fucking business. See. <laughs> for for Ulrich, most of the day is spent with Briston, almost as if it's just a normal yeah. day. You know, like they have breakfast together. They kind of hang out. You know, talk is pleasant but small. They're just kind of spent is, enjoying each other's company. Sorry, not to cut you off. That is really touching and simultaneously really sad. Yeah. Well, be, I because I imagine this, and and I know this has been a bit of a theme, and I keep saying this kind of thing, but like I feel like there is so much all the time that like you just are like in the moment, and and it doesn't feel real that it's going to end at a certain point, and so. So for the, a lot of the day, they're they're in that kind of surreality of just being around each other and enjoying it. When I say talk is small, that doesn't mean they aren't it's like connecting. Good, yeah. I just meant like we're not talking about the fact that I'm leaving in the next day, though it has been addressed. Like I will say that like I'm not gonna wake up and be like I buy and like that'll be a surprise. Like Briston knows knows our sure. plans. Um, it's not until till the night when uh, when <laughs> um, yeah not only is there some pinky, um, pinky. 
No, what's it? What's it called the in The Sims? Woohoo. The woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get that um, sound effect. Some of that. Sue us, The I think, Sims. Yeah. <laughs> the Sims franchise. Um, so, the, like, obviously, there's some of that, but like in the in the after cuddles, because there should always be after cuddles. And, like, probably later into the night than they should in terms of, like, having to get up the next morning. They talk about it all. They talk about not just leaving in the morning, but they talk about, you know, their current relationship and what that looks like and what they want it to look like. And they talk about all of the things that they've been through recently and kind of, in some ways, rehash the things that they've talked about before, but in a different environment. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess like we talk about what happened with the whole vanishing off the face of the cusp for a little while, quite literally. Um, we, we bring that back up, but it's not an argument this time. It's just kind of talking about everything and where, where Ulrich is in this point in their, their life, they, and like with their relationship with Briston, they absolutely want it to continue. Like there's no, version of this in Ulrich's mind where they have to like break things off um and that depending on how that relationship develops over time maybe even you know like living in the same town (laughs) cohabitating possibly um that's not an immediate you know they've only known each other for a relatively short period of time all things considered um and while they have trauma bonded not the best basis maybe for for you hauling with a with a partner um it's a fun phrase um it for is international listeners I, assu- <laughs> I, asso- I associate it specifically yeah. with lesbians That's because of the for. various tropes yeah. around it yeah <laughs> go get my subaru and let's you know <laughs> put a get a u-haul trailer on the back of that um but uh so they they talk about that and joe you asked me about this and i don't know this might be the time uh, about a magical yeah. item sure. perhaps to 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 interact i don't know where Ulrich would have come about this i guess you can more canon that however you want you two can um, go out into delve deep at some point and acquire this item from somewhere i want it to be two items if i can one of them's a little little it's they're both magical i guess but one of them's slightly more mundane I'd like uh, a mirror page similar to the one that, that Alaris has, but I also want a thing that will, it's a, uh, I'm going to just arbitrarily decide that it is a, uh, an amulet that is to be worn around the neck and what it'll do. It can only do it like once per moon cycle. Uh, it is, it is like kind of attached to the full moon, but if we wear it, when we go to sleep, that night and that night only once a month we get to like meet up in in dream space ah, cool. and it's it, it, it's not like you like super you know you can't do anything like crazy like it's dream space but for us it's just like we get to hang out so we get to kind of sort of see each other like once a month it's not together yeah yeah Is that what the kids are calling it these days um so if, if you'll allow me such indulgence i think that's the way i'd like Consider to do it indulged um cool um day i have some questions mm-hmm. i'm going to ask these pointedly out of character uh but i want you to truthfully answer in character 
do you use a scroll of sending to tell Elder Fallhide or your parents or somebody else uh, that you'll be coming home? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, my second question is, does Morlinde remember her promise to Orlander Beachtail from months ago? No, I'm, she's totally forgotten. So for the audience, months ago, Morlinde Lightclass promised a, uh, a sprite named Orlander Beachtail that she would knit Orlander some mittens, some pink mittens. Speaking of, of message communiques, Ulrich, do you remember your charge from Grimton to report back on what's going on? Yeah. What do you say? Well, first I report, you know, who's here and who's not. Um, and, you know, kind of with the assumption that they're on their, their various quests. Uh, I'd imagine that Briston has some things he'd like to say, even if they're, you know, not that big a deal. Just something to, to put out there. Um, and so, you know, I send that back. Uh, and then I let them know, like, my schedule like you know we'll be here for two nights leave in the morning and then you know we'll be gone so just a like it's a largely logistical update um and then with some some things that briston wanted to say thrown in oh and, and that we're one of criminals <laughs> <laughs> just throw that in there just in case it wasn't clear since we're talking about mirror pages and stuff and that came up uh let's flash back to cow island Alaris, what are you telling Maylin, if anything? Not dead yet. Um, <laughs> Despite best efforts, still uh, alive. <laughs> no, probably, like, I think Alaris probably, um, like, there's just the comfort in writing about just whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, writing about the day. Um, pleasantries. Through, Honest yeah. pleasantries. Just the things that you you know you want to just talk about. Morlinde, Arik, by the end of your time in, in Delve Deep, your hearts and your bodies are beginning to remember a slower life without the outside pressure of world-ending quests weighing down on you. You say your goodbyes appropriately and load back onto the dragon skiff. Morlinde, you're headed back to the watched forest, back to a city and people that you, you've been meant to lead as a presiding druid. You've been away from them for so long. What do you look forward to? Um, I'm ready to do the same thing, more or less, every day. <laughs> um, Predictability. Yeah. I'm ready to support my community in a way that they expect me to um and and do my job as it was intended and not be away and and i'm just tired of 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 surprises like occasional surprises is fine but it's i i just need some predictability and in a like a pattern for a while or, or rebuilding new Talus into what we want it to be is the kind of problems I want to be solving. So I am very excited to get back into that, regardless of 
the fact that I don't know what I'm walking into when I get back. So that is a little anxiety inducing, but in the end, it's going to be what I want. The pair of you fly over the eastern ridge of the cloud-capped peaks, which bottoms out into the rolling tree-covered hills of the watched forest. You can see where Everflame's fire raised the trees so many months ago. When you left the area on your quest to delve deep, life was only just beginning to come back. Green grasses and wildflowers were sprouting on the blackened earth. You were away during the peak months of summer, and now the trees are beginning to turn their yellows and reds. It's beautiful. It's home. In the distance, you see the twisting valley of the Charmed River that offered protection to your community during the tragedy, and you know where to look for Nuisitalis, for your home, the city reborn from the literal ashes of disaster. What are your thoughts seeing the forest as it is? Just excitement. It's kind of when we came over the horizon and it started to show up. It is so joyful. Like, it is just like a rising feeling. It's the same thing I feel when I haven't been to Springdale in a while. And you, like, are driving up the highway. Oh my god, up 49? you're driving up that hill on 49 and then you get over mm-hmm. it and you see all of Fayetteville on the hill. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like, yeah. The, the, and you're right like, between, I'm here. I'm home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, between Greenland and Greenland South Fayetteville. Greenland and Fayetteville. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I feel the same way. So it's that feeling of like, I know what this is. I know what to expect. Um, this is and, where I live. Yeah, this, this is, is where, where I'm, I'm supposed to, to be. be. Both of you, what what is changed about you personally and the time since the wildfire god so much in some ways i feel like Ulrich has come into their own more so like they through a lot of trial if you're getting to know somebody new and you ask them like fun hypothetical questions and you, some of me just don't really know Ulrich just like went and lived some of those and so like you know kind of got some real world answers to some of those deeper you know moral hypotheticals and stuff like that that that, that they would have uh, that you might would talk about and so on the one hand they feel like they know themselves a lot better and that they like have grown but then on the other like with that growth has come a lot of pain um and a lot of confusion so like the flip side of that is is feeling kind of lost and uh there's maybe a part of them that that feels a little broken um they they definitely didn't come out of this all unscathed i don't know they're coming in a little mixed you know happy to be home there's definitely a feeling like if they had come over the the hill so to speak and and seen isatalos as it was i think they would feel weird coming into it like they don't belong there anymore almost Mm -hmm. so so they feel they kind of feel more right being as altered as they are coming into an altered land again to start over they definitely feel that they are a different enough person that it is starting over. Moreland Day is more 
significantly more sure of herself as a person, um, as a leader. She, you know, she's standing up straight, ready to go, rather than focusing on the anxiety of the unknown. While that is there, she's more sure, sure of herself and her duty. And it's not something that's, you know, it was, it was thrown at her, like, almost as a surprise, like, too early when this all started. Um, but, like, personally, she has grown into it despite the unknowns that are coming. Um, so, yeah, I would say that she's very, she's ready and determined and, like, happy to have this duty. Whereas before it was kind of like, well, I'm here. As you reflect, why did you choose to leave after the Battle of Carver's Tooth against the Tempest Oath? Why, why did you leave in the first place? It seemed like the right thing to do at the time to protect the Watched Forest. And I think it was, but it just took, it took too long. Morlinde is still sure of herself in that decision to go. It was the right decision, but that doesn't mean it, it just didn't pan out as, as intended <laughs> at all. For Ulrich, the justification was definitely you know that of protecting home and that was that was a part of their motivation i'm not going to pretend like it wasn't um but there was definitely a part of them that was just like kind of mad and vengeful is is far too strong a word mm -hmm. you know um they didn't this wasn't a, a journey of vengeance but like you know they're hot off the heels of this this terrible conflict um and they both want to prevent another terrible conflict from coming to the same people. And they want to, like, they're kind of mad at anyone who would even consider bringing another conflict this direction. Right. And so that was, that was for sure part of it. Why did you decide to come back? I feel like that's a much easier question to answer. It definitely is. Part of them feels like they should have never left, honestly. That the, the arc two... Kind of like when Morlinde was saying, was like, maybe the right answer, maybe the right decision, but it didn't feel like a good decision mm -hmm. in the long run. Right, but not good. Right, yeah. They do want to let go of the responsibility of having to save the world. Uh, that feels beyond their scope, and they just want <laughs> some rest, <Yeah>. too. <laughs> Gee, spirits Christ, it's been a few months and <laughs> they need a break <laughs> so that's that's definitely you know a big part of it but they just you know they're tired of being at the level of cuspal events they want to go back to a smaller well, world they, Agreed. what lessons are you bringing back to the watched forest that will impact your role as presiding druid an understanding that things are very interconnected that what happens in the watch forest has echoes beyond the watch forest and uh vice versa so to keep that in consideration when we make decisions as a community and when we interact with other folks the world is a lot bigger than i thought it was when we started Arik, how have your experiences changed how you'll act as chief arrow of the warden scout um some of them are are 
logistical. Um, they are now going to be a little bit more paranoid and have more, uh, um, you know, deep forest patrols to make sure that there's nothing coming this way, you know? I think they will definitely proceed with a degree of confidence because it's like, man, when you've literally fought dragons in space, like, <laughs> yeah, some some normal patrols and, you know, rowdy, uh, <laughs> rowdy Nothing. citizens don't really scare you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there'll be there'll be some confidence, but there'll also be. I, I think that for all that Auric wants to be home to kind of reconnect and be home and be a part of that local community, I think they will always feel a little set apart um, from their experiences, you know. <laughs> Where before, like, Auric and Morlinde were kind of just like, I don't know, colleagues. I'm not sure that when we started this, they yeah. were friends. Mm -hmm. um, there, There's now such a significant amount of shared experience that and shared like specific experience that that I imagine more Linde and Auric will like continue to be each other's friends and confidants and you know like we got this strong connection that nobody else is really gonna understand. Plus we will also interact professionally, I imagine. Yeah. Like, you know, we're both involved in in a in a sort of level of the government. <laughs> they're definitely they're gonna try to relax. We'll see. What do the pair of you feel like you're leaving behind in that relaxation? The weight of duty, at least currently. Like, they feel like they are putting down something that they think someone should hold and they hope someone else picks up, but they are putting it down without the knowledge that somebody will pick it up. It's kind of like quitting your job before you have another yeah. job lined up. Like, mm -hmm. it's like that, I guess, but kind of the opposite direction. Honestly, like the 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 thrill of wacky and dangerous planning and adventures and fights. Um, Morlinde doesn't intend to get into combat every other day. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ulrich is gonna kill a lot fewer people. Yeah, which is like a good thing. <laughs> you, you, you say that, but yeah, who knows? Uh, PTSD can be wild, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. It's worth it to leave that behind, but it is it is being left of just the the fact that we literally left the cusp <laughs> and came back. Where do you land the tyrant's band? Middle of town. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I I'll leave that one up to more Linde. Uh, I'll I'll say like the the edge of town, and a agreed upon point. Is it? So like we're flying from you know delve deep to there. Is it the first edge that we encounter, or like do the we far fly edge? Over like did we edge. did we fly over and then land, or what? The northernmost edge of town. So do you think this is at the same site as Trails End? If it's a northern edge, Trails End, where Grimton, Alaris, uh, and the contingent of the first Pandominion were still building their road. Yeah, I think that would be a fitting place to land, and it's an easy-to-see-from-the-sky-like space. And there, as planned, are a handful of friends. There's no loud fanfare, no parades, just the people you love. Phil and Ren from Squadron 9, Brabok, Oryx, dear half-orc friend, 
Neavan, the captain of Marge the Barge, is there. You see, you see Marge the Barge tied off on the bank of the Charmed River. Um, both of your parents, Morlinde, who look so proud and relieved to have their only child back safe. Um, and Elder Fallhide, the kind and resolute political leader of New Isitalos. Give me two vignettes, two tiny vignettes apiece uh, as you describe your homecoming. I imagine that there is a vaguely ceremonial greeting from the warden scout. Um, I'm sure that they're there, you know, in their dress <laughs> outfit. <laughs> they're dressed well. Um, and I say vaguely ceremonial because I imagine that, that like for a minute, it's like, you know, all stiff and ceremonial yeah, and then it very quickly into dissolves into the, yeah. Yeah. Cause like, cause the warden together, scout, you know, he, yeah. Like the warden scout has a, a structure, but it's always been a more relaxed structure. You know, there's definitely some of that like statements of like oh yeah you know we'll have to get you a drink and you can tell us all about it yeah and there's a there's a surface level response to it where Ulrich is like yeah 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 i'll give you the rundown sometime but in reality they hope to never have that conversation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um they don't really want to retell all the events of their of their journey and then you know after all of that has kind of died down i imagine there's a time um where Ulrich goes to uh Bravuk's return Oh. In his new inn, uh, okay. I, like <laughs> I came yeah, up with that name just now. If you want, if you came up with that name, respite, you know, um, bra uh, and like sits and has a drink quietly with Brabuk across the counter, and they chat, um, but the you know Brabuk has the can can sense Auric's mood and like really just kind of gives him space and like a little snack maybe something warm there's bread there's definitely warm bread and cheese mm. I decided as I was thinking about it because that was one of my favorite snacks that exists uh, a good soup <laughs> there's a good soup <laughs> like a potato soup something thick um, and you dip that bread and, and you just uh, rip it off it's not sliced yeah just chunks oh yeah dare I say a bread bowl oh yeah good good dare I say yeah, so um, you know, a quieter, a a a quieter, and in its own way, almost more meaningful second homecoming of just sitting sitting with a friend and relaxing, and probably for the first moment since getting back on the tyrant's bane to return to Isatalos, relaxing. Yeah. Like finally, sighing in relief. Portland Day, what about you? She gets off the she gets off the tyrant's bane, um, and immediately goes to hug her mom and dad, um, who are just so thankful that she's home and she's so thankful to be there. Checks in quickly with Elder Fallhide to make sure everything's okay, which it is because Elder Fallhide is a boss. In the competent sense. Yes, not in a in a boo bosses sense. Right. And that relieves a lot of her anxiety of the what am I coming back to? Because it is, it really is fine. She and her parents walk home and, and they go eat dinner. Um, and it's fantastic. And Morlinde doesn't have to worry about what, you know, what fight they're going to get into tomorrow or what political thing they have to worry about because tomorrow is just going to be 
get up and figure out what's coming next for Nui Sutalos, which is, you know, still a challenge, but it's not so bad. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> She's glad to be home. You're both finally settled into living quarters of some flavor. Uh, had dinner. Select stories were told to select people. Eventually, you head to bed. Finally, back in Nui Satalos. Morlinde, something whaps you on the face while you're asleep. What the heck? You sit up, and there in your room is a small sprite, only a foot tall from toe to tip, fluttering with dragonfly wings. It's Orlander Beachtail. Ah, oh, spirits. Welcome back, scum. Now where are those mittens you promised me? <laughs> Stop your recordings there. <laughs>